I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? So we're back. Episode 19 of Best Rapper in Los Angeles Podcast. And we are still talking about the end of the beginning. The next track after Risky Business is The Dance, featuring LP produced by LP. You didn't think me and L was coming like this. Def Jux, motherfucker, we running this shit. Got you all up on your keyboard, shining this shit. Oh, you got a couple jokes, now you funny, bitch. Ha ha. And we laughing all the way to the bank, on point in the cut like we holding the shank. Got it all up in your back, now you walking the plank. Try to do it like this, but you drawing a blank. Do it double time, all up in your face. Like piranhas when you drop fresh meat in the tank. Fell off in the game, can't keep your rank. Mac, you try to rap you, but you ain't. Been around no real shit. Where who's pill clips, niggas that We've talked about what a fan I was, am of Jamie Moline, aka El Producto. This was recorded in his apartment in Brooklyn, in his closet. Yeah, I should not rap double time. I've said that on many occasions. I should not rap fast. We can fast forward to Tabletops by May Merce Day, where Burns made me go and redo my verse to finally get a good double time verse. Put up though, this first day. Know the game wanted this in a worse way. Like a nigga trying to fuck on the first day. From the West Coast, that's my birthplace. LACA all day. I stay in Dodger Blue and Gray. Do it big, keep it strange all day. From the 816 to the MIA. I'm like, ooh, we naturally, these motherfuckers all live. But I just prefer not to do it. I shouldn't have done it here. This song, I think, can be su- like summarized as my failed Run the Jewels audition. So glad. Ellen and Michael Render found each other because I wasn't going to get it done with my brother. My name is Jamie Moline. I'm not chasing a green. I'm taking it. Bosses don't change a thing and the name is seemingly making it. Servants will kiss the ring or whoever they think is paying them. You don't deserve the spit that they hurdled up in your face and shit. My name is Michael Render and we are the new Avengers. We here to tell you all your false idols are just pretenders. They corporation slaves and ditch it to all the lenders. So even if you got seven figures, you still a nigga. Some men are meant for the light to be shined on a shitty... Is that your chick? Definitely the influence for this. Uh, this was the sound, that the double time style that was going on at the time. Yeah, don't get mad at me. I don't love him, I'll fuck him. I don't chase him, I'll duck him. I replace him with another one. You had to see, she keep calling me and big. One. And my name is Jay-Z, she was all of my dick. Gradually, I'm taking over your bitch. Coming over your shit. Got my feet up on your sofas, man. I mean, posters from an open hand. You coming home to this shit, then empty soda cans. I got your bitch up in my rover, man. I never kiss her. Never I am not in the pocket. I do a minute, a man, occasionally manage to land on the snare. It's very hard to listen to. I was going to ask for a mulligan or whatever it is, a do-over, or a, a, the ability to skip this one, whatever the term in sports ball there is for skipping something. Um, like walking. Like, you know what, like when you walk a home run here, I just, this is the opposite of a home run, and I just wanted to get this one on base, you know? But we're going to try to walk it out. Courses in the same format. This is the dance. This is your chance. This is the dance. You don't want to be left out. 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 You don't want
late Cause I'm on more way, better get your shit straight This is your chance You don't have to be fake with a heart full of hate Just try to stay fake This is the day You don't wanna be late Cause I'm on more way, better get your shit straight This is your chance You don't have to be fake with a heart full of hate Just try to stay fake This is the day You don't wanna be late Cause I'm on more way, better get your shit straight This is your chance You don't have to be fake with a heart full of hate Just try to stay fake Merch fall up in the spot like what up bitch We have performed this live You're lucky if you missed it Uh yeah, L puts on a beat. You know, he wasn't a, a beat factory. I'm taking it. And it, I can try to rap like Jay-Z and Missy and Memphis Bleak. Come on, bro. The original version is that your shit because we stole um, volume three offline. Shout out to my homeboy who will not be named, but he knows who he is. I wonder if he even listens to the podcast. Shout out to all the homies that do listen to the podcast, man. So many of my friends, I feel like this is a way for us to stay in touch. Too many to name right now because I'll forget someone, but... I feel like only my friends listen. And if you are listening, this is a great time to fuck, man. Just give it some... I know more people listen than stars are and ratings are on Spotify and Apple Music. Please take a fucking second. Do it, man. So I don't feel like I'm yelling to the void and to the abyss. Auntie Holly. Get well soon. Um, I love you whenever you hear this. We love you. Yeah, man. This was a horrible, horrible song. I don't believe we put it out. It's on vinyl as well. But the beat is phenomenal. And I get to rap with LP, and it's just part of our, our brotherhood that still, you know, exists to this day. Um, we do shit together. Do a double time all up in your face Like piranhas when you drop fresh meat in the tank Fell off in the game, can't keep your rank Mac, can you try to rap speak but you ain't Been around no real shit Where cruise pill clips, niggas that kill for fun Wanna talk that ill shit Saying how you kill shit, bullets still in your gun Kool-Aid in your veins froze Now you gotta change clothes cause you pissed your pants Saw me in Durango, said you wanna tango Now this is the dance Where your shoes at, where your crew at Claim you do gas, but you do rap What you gonna bust the first right before the guns burst Put your girl on the ground so that you can run first Now you about to get rolled up, hold up, wait Just an MC that was trying to make cake Now you got a gun all up in your face All of a sudden found God like running mace Thought it'd be fun to front on tape Now you wish you would've stuck your drum and bass But you had to be hard on the boulevard When you never gang bang it in town Try to be a manhunter when the streets and the jungle gym Niggas stop playing around Just me talking about not tough motherfuckers being tough Saw a lot of the first verse is basically that. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always something that bothered me. At one point, my goal in the rap game was to just grow up and be able to get signed to be backstage and punch a lot of these motherfuckers in the face. Because when they started coming to LA for their in stores and I would see these people, I'm like, oh, that's not you. You just walked in here. We We are like, for me, I'm outside, so I'm with, like, real crips, and I'm, like, running from gangbangers and shit like that. I come to the record store to see another artist, and y'all come through the door, and y'all look shook, tucking chains, and, like, you know, our uh, local record store was four businesses down from, like, four doors down from Bottling Keg on Meadowbrook and Pico, which is where they filmed. If you're ever in L.A. want to do some tour shit, where they filmed Minister to Society. I hate that film. We'll go into that maybe another time. But especially people from not from L.A. love it. And so certain rappers would go in there and be like, oh, yo, and just like geek out to a point where it's like, eh, like maybe how I would act if I was at Sedgwick and Cedar. But like, this is not it, bro. Don't do that. You know, and like tucking your chain, just like being spooked when you, when you see like, I'm 15, bro. I'm 14. 
or you know, like, damn, oh, like you was talking all that shit. This is this, you know, just all these things that uh I would see and would break my heart. I'm like, oh man. And to this day, this is why I'm like, I could, I could make that music. Cause I've actually like knocked people out and choked people out. Like, I've done the things that you talk about. Aside from selling drugs, which just takes a lack of conscious, not really a level of skill. Like if you're like the, the level that you can cook crack is at the level I can play Overwatch. So what? Like that's just this acquired skill. If I do it enough, any human being does practices. You and my being good at Overwatch and, and, and maining Lucio, actually, it literally heals. You being good at whipping crack kills people. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry for the video game nerd shit. If you don't understand, I'm sorry. We'll go, we'll move past it. But yeah, I didn't, I was like, but like actually being tough, like I definitely have, I started seeing these dudes and reading their interviews and just, I'm like, bro, come on. And, and these days it's really just, like I said, it's, now it's even all this of a lack of conscience because this generation takes pride in not even being able to do hand-to-hand -hand combat. That's seen as a as as a detriment, like as as a negative. If you could fight, like nobody wants to fight. It's a badge of honor to pull out the pole, the stick, and slide on the ops. So I guess where this where the tough guy rap was going, I'm glad I never got on the boat if I ever got on it. But this the first verse was kind of dedicated to that. And the more I got involved in the industry, the more I saw of it. Yeah, like especially in the Def Jokes crew, it was like, you know, there were some things that happened that shouldn't have happened. And I'm not at liberty to speak on those incidents. Um, but trust me, it was never, it was never anybody's crew over our crew. Whether it's legend, <clears throat> legends or death jokes, and not to be on no, to, like, not to not say it's not a beat in our chest shit, but never any crew in rap, period. You know, maybe the, the Tang Clan or something or Goody Mob, but, you know, like, as far as what we came in contact with, you you wasn't about to run. But I think that was the same for Hyro. Like, it was just like, I guess that's what people say is like, we're, we weren't on it like that, but man, there's some individuals in death jokes, and I've seen do some very He-Man type shit and never spoke of it on record. And there were no podcasts or no interview. But if, yo, if the internet was, social media was around in our day, whoo-wee. You guys think you've seen some shit. You would have definitely seen some shit in, in the Legends era and in, in indie rap for sure. But I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that I don't have to be stuck as a as a meme or YouTube clip of my past self, I really my heart goes out to to the new generation with the double uh, XL freshman cover. That's a lot of pressure to start out with starting your career on the cover of a magazine. I don't think a lot of people. Not that I, I much love to Vanessa and and double XL. I just think it's it's a challenge. It's a blessing and and everything. You know, with with great power comes great responsibility, and also with YouTube, and it's easy to get your music everywhere. But I was really I won't say worried. I was really watching what would happen with Odd Future and Tyler because I was like, these antics, I hope they don't feel like they have to live into these antics forever. I hope they feel and hope the fans allow them to evolve. But it was dope to see the whole scene grow up together. Like a lot of the kids that were the same age as Tyler that are now in their 30s are 
becoming great humans. I went to Flognaw, the last Flognaw I went to, I haven't been in a couple years, but just watching uh, watching them, I'm like, oh man, y'all have it so much more figured out than we did. It was, it's dope. It's dope to see the growth. So that was a, a fear of mine as a boomer, not a boomer, but a, a Gen Xer watching social media. I'm like, man, I hope I f- I, these kids don't feel like they have to be like, kill people, fuck school, burn shit for the rest of their lives. And I hope the fans don't expect that. But of course they wouldn't because they're all growing together. So I love watching T's growth. I love, but more so than him personally. I just like watching the generation. I'm, I, as a lot of people, there are holes to poke in. Uh, is it Gen Z or Gen Y? I'm not good at that shit. Uh, but a, lo- a lot of it I love. The acceptance, the forward thinking, the wokeness that a lot of people hate, the, like the genuine wokeness, like letting letting people be who they are. Yeah, but back to the song. Uh, something about, talk about jacking off. God's work is not talk about jacking. Jacking off was a huge thing. On the message board, running a yap at the end of the night, only one in the chat. Now you know that you got issues. That early in the morning should look at some porn and jack off right in the tissue. Then call it a night. That's a quality life. Go to sleep with the girl. That- Sorry for my my wife's friends that listen to this podcast, but I feel like it's something that has to be talked about. And then someone told me recently too, like, oh, Marvin Gaye said that, you know, all of these motherfuckers, this is something I thought about. These rhymes, I remember, I can remember writing some of this shit, yo, like writing, writing these rhymes. In a rhyme book, rhyme books were such an essential part of me wanting to be MC Stationary. The San Rio store. Let me tell you about the San Rio store. How much Bad Bats Maru and Ahiru No Peckle merch I bought. <laughs> and this is all I say about this new generation. Like, you know how many homosexuals, derogatory term for homosexuals I had to be called because I was at the Carol Karopi store, as they call it, the Hello, walking into the Hello Kitty store at the mall to make a purchase because I wanted this type of stationery that inspired creativity. I had a Star Wars book eventually, but there wasn't really stationery for hetero, cisgendered men back in the day. But they did have Bad Bass and Rue. Like, I didn't go in there buying little twins. And if I ever wanted to buy a twin star, so fucking what? But I, I stuck to like, you know, the the, the Crip Blue, A Hero No Peckle, The Duck. And I really, I, you know, Karopi was a little feminine for me. I didn't, I didn't fuck with it. But still, there's a slight femininity to all of it, I guess. And that's okay. Like being able to be on the spectrum of your, uh, I guess not sexuality, but the feminine and, and masculine energies, man. I was always on that spectrum and walking... And, and and moving throughout that spectrum was very challenging for my generation. So shout out to anyone else like me that was out there navigating that. But that's where I would write my rhymes. I would love to get a, a Hero No Peckle book. And if I could afford to get the pen, matching pencil, that was just inspired. I wanted to write. I always I wanted to write my rhymes, but that made me want to write more. Choco Cat, I had to take an L on Choco Cat a couple of times. No disrespect to Cuz, but, you know, Choco Cat is not on, on in the top five, not even top ten. Sanrio characters. I'm sorry, my dude. Or I don't even know how you identify Choco Cat. I just felt it was kind of racist because there's nothing chocolate about a black cat. But um, yeah, I digress. Writing rhymes, it was fun. And then recently, you know, like I think the queen, Miss Badu, 
uh, was talking about writing, you know, writing your name on water. And I, I know I look like I'm on some hippie shit and I'm married to a, a, a hippie that's vegan. Man, I don't believe in that shit, bro. I don't believe in it. So I, I, I be trying, you know what I'm saying? But like crystals, are, I just call them, they're rocks. You know what I'm saying? Just rocks, nice rocks. I don't know about the energies they hold or none of that shit. And this is a spinning spear. It expands the vibration because it spins. This is in the key of F, which is the frequency of the universe. I also like to use my own wand. Beautiful instrument, very low frequency, good for the lower chakras. And I got this at my third ayahuasca ceremony. You know, being vegan is cool. I think it's better for the planet if we're not packaging it in plastic and eating beyond whatever as I wait for my Impossible Burger to come from Fat Burger. You know, whatever is, you know, but anyway, I watched, the, if you write something, that's back to the magic. And I, and I used to write rhymes. So I could see even how even more mystical it would seem to a Gen Z or someone in Gen Y that are millennials. So sorry, you guys aren't Gen Y. You guys got to skip a letter, huh? The millennials, uh, that it would be fascinating. Yeah, we got to get back to writing. And it's, you know, like Africans, I want people to know, like Africa's an oral tradition. The most, I think, most, the last civilization, as far as I know, if, unless you go deep into the Amazon, to be touched by uh, European culture are the um, first peoples, aka or formerly known as the Aboriginal peoples in Australia. And I had the privilege of going out to, the, to the, what they call the reservation there where you have to be invited. And shout out to, uh, I think it's Elf from Meadow Basin Breath who got me out there. The first peoples don't have a written language. They don't have a word for anything over two. It's just a mob. Because why would you need it? Because that's that's like the when you're dealing with equatorial people, warm weather people, there's no need for that. And we can go into that later. But you know, yeah, if you're European, fuck yeah. If you don't gather enough, like the Game of Thrones said, winter is coming. Winter is coming. And that's in your DNA. Or what, I forget what they're calling it now. But, you know, passed down through generations. That's the survival thing. We talked about growth. That's a survival thing. Like, gather. And uh, a lot of people unfairly label European culture. If you listen to a lot of brothers from the Nation of Islam, like the white devils and the greed. And, man, that's the instinct for them to survive from the, where they hail from, where they're, where they're from generations of starvation. If you don't gather enough before winter hits, motherfucker, what? You're dead meat. So I get it. But for a warm weather people, like the first peoples in Australia, there's no need for that. It weighs you down. You're in the desert. It's hot as fuck. Also, also like bathing. That's vanity. Why would you use water to wash yourself when you needed to put it in yourself? There's so many things that are cultural or environmental that we have made racial or just really disgusting. And when you zoom out and you travel, and, you know, like for me, I was like, I'm in Australia on tour and the homies, I get an email while I'm at the homie Delta's house. Shout out to the homie Delta. I love you. And the and the Scuds family, I love you all. I'm in Adelaide and we're like, we go jetty jumping. Uh, Over side story, but uh, that's where I learned Cockney slang. Like his, I get home and his dad's like, oh, you took Merce down to the jetty. Ah, with the Noah's. I'm like, the Noah's? I'm like, what's the Noah's? Oh, Noah's Ark. Huh? Noah's Ark, shark. I'm like, 
yeah, you take the pickles and pears, that means the stairs. I'm like, huh? It's a whole rhyming Cockney slang that's amazing. But so that was just another cultural experience having that with a dad. But then I also, I'm like, Delta Cuz, you didn't tell me there's motherfucking sharks at the, you had me jumping off a pier where there's fucking sharks, bro. <laughs> but I was just down hanging out with him in Australia, like skating at the skate park in Adelaide and hanging out. And uh, I got the call and I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna rent a car and drive to the center of Australia, 18 hours. There's one gas station. If you miss it, you're dead. You can drive as, I drove as fast as I could. Like max out because it's a two-lane highway for 18 hours. You rarely see anyone else on it. And I had to come to a screeching halt because I thought there was a bird in the road. And I got close and it was a fucking vulture. So I slam on the brakes and the vulture just turns and looks at me. I have to drive around because like he's not moving for me. It was a trip, bro. Uh, but yeah, getting out there and experiencing that culture, it changed my life. So writing, I don't know how African it is or how how primitive it is. It's old, but I don't know how important it is for me. So I just, but I said, I'm gonna write. So I remember those times of writing my rhymes and I remember writing the dance at Elle's house, maybe in my Star Wars book, at Empire Strikes Back. I would buy any type of like thing I could write in that had something colorful or inspiring to me. I like to see the work of other artists. That's why I love film. This this is the dance. Uh I forget it's either from Fuck, it's, it's either Kevin Smith, John Favreau, or uh, Quentin Tarantino. These are the, the, the directors, writer-directors I've been obsessed with, but definitely in this era. So something, something to the dance was from one of them. I think it was from Made. I probably should look that up, but it might from Made or Swingers. Um, the dance. Swingers has swing dance in it, so maybe it's the dance. And Swingers holds a special place in my heart because, it's, it's, you know, to me, the world's introduction to Vince Vaughn, being Vince Vaughn, introduction to John Favreau, like two great American talents. And it's so funny how it all starts underground. Like indie shit is just the best shit always because if you know Vince Vaughn from Wedding Crashers, please go back and watch Swingers because it's been there. The genius has been there. But Swingers is a special place in my heart because there was a lot, a lot of um, West LA Miracle Mile venues in there. The, the, the Irish bar, I forget the name of it, the song Fairfax between Wilshire and San Vicente and uh, I believe El Rey which we're working on, hopefully, at Night Mercer Ninth Wonder Show, 20th anniversary of uh, 316 coming up. I'll let y'all know about more about that in the weeks to come. Album's getting pushed, the final album's getting pushed back, that tour's getting pushed back, who knows when it's going to be done. But yeah, this is a long way around to writing, I, but I remember writing that rap. And so years later, when Miss Badu said that, and I said this with utmost respect, I was like, okay, cool. And we'll get to Captain California, but I was like, I'm going to do right every... So shout out to Eladio, who hooked me up with Vans, who hooked me up with so many, every company Eladio, whoever works for, he hooks me up with, and I love him so much. But before he left Vans, he hooked me up with a, a Vans 50th anniversary thing. I don't know if we talked about that here, but this is around the era where I started wearing skate highs, or only Vans half cabs, only Vans on stage, and I settled on. It started with the TNT, the black and pink Tony Trujillo's, as we talk about skating. The black and pink Tony Trujillo's, as I started to find myself more as a skater, I knew that I didn't need and DCs or etnies or like I'm not doing flip tricks. Like I'm a grip it and rip it, carve the bowl, old school skater, like a good waffle print flat shoe is great for everything I need to do on a skateboard. And also was because I made transitions as a rider around this era, I always wanted to 
have because I got I would get invited to the dopest shit after shows like oh we got a warehouse with a bowl like you should come skate like well I always wanted to be ready to skate too and just that was the type of athletics I did was skating so I didn't need Jordans or LeBrons on stage like I needed a skate shoe that's what I'm used to jumping up and down and writing rhymes Eladio gave me this 50th anniversary book I saw found it in my trunk I'm like cool I'm going to write every song in here. I usually, I guess I started writing rhymes. And then when I started recording, I would record like I was reading. And I was really good at freestyling. I got into rap by freestyling. Third grade, Linwood, California, my stepbrother would threaten to beat me up if I didn't rap. So I started rapping. Then I started freestyling about skateboarding. And uh, the rapping Animal Chin really inspired me. It was all freestyle putting my, you know, words in other people's raps, but it was all in my mind. It wasn't written down. Oral tradition. That's what griots are. That's, you know, West African uh, thing. You know, uh, First Peoples Australia thing. Like, just in my in my mind. Then I started writing rhymes in high school. No, junior high. Junior high, I wrote my first rap about Bart Simpson. The homies clown me. Sixth, seventh grade. I didn't write another rhyme till ninth grade. And I'm a year of my own. So I'm thinking ninth grade, like I was probably four, 13, 14. I'm a, I graduated a year early. I skipped a grade, you guys. Really smart kid here. You may not be able to tell. And that was my, my homie Saladin was the first one to be like, okay, keep it going. He didn't shit on me like my other homies. So I had not share my raps again for like two years. And then I had to be at another school in another city before I would even dare try to share my raps with someone. And I, I said something about when I'm on the stage, I rip it up like the shredder. Very obsessed with pop culture and Ninja Turtles. Horrible. But my homies, thank you, Saladin, for encouraging me. And from there, I started writing. But so when I got to the studio, it would sound like I was reading. And then I started working with Log Cabin. And then I started working with Mystic Journeyman. And that was whew, intense. Sunspot, as we talked about, Mr. Charlie threatening to punch you in the thigh and you got to write a rap and then you got to record it in one take because they get tired. Of it. We're on a four-track machine where a, a four-track is a big cassette deck that you have to rewind and press play and record again and again and again. And you're in a room full of people that all want to do their verse and you all want to get back out to sell tapes or you all want to get out to the show tonight or you all want to get to the, some girl you're talking to house or some party at Cal. This is not the environment for you to fuck up. This is the environment for you to get it right on the first take and read it. So at one point, I said, fuck it. And I think maybe somebody lucky, somebody might have told me, but I think we did speed bumps and I freestyled speed bumps. And people around us in our section were like, that verse was freestyle. Oh shit. Unsigned and hella broke doesn't mean you can treat all of our shows like a joke. You still have to promote. I revoke your promotion license. No more clubs allowed. I vow to take all you whack promoters out. I shroud you in darkness. I suggest that you have more shows that really impress the underground scene. Doesn't mean we don't have to be paid. I want to check. Because everybody be writing. I was like, fuck it, man. I don't know if I had just got work at Rasputin's and came in or I was just finally like, fuck it. I want to be on beat. I know how to rap on beat if I'm not reading. It was just, there was a, a, there's a mental hurdle for me. So then I stopped writing somewhere after speed bumps and I started memorizing. And then I lose shit all the time. I just left my fucking wallet on a plane in fucking Egypt. I lose shit all the time. So not having to lose a rhyme book was also a benefit because I had lost rhyme books 
or Rhyme Books of Stone, as we talked about, Mercer Rules the World. I had to create the whole album again. I believe that. No, I'm sorry. Was it uh, good music? Because I lost the rhyme book or stolen, not lost. So now no one can lose it, steal it. So I started doing writing rhymes in my head. Then I heard KRS-One did it. Then I heard Jay-Z did it. And I was like, fuck it. Anything I do is going to be seen because of them. I had no idea that they were doing that. So I was like, fuck it. Coming back to this, I'm going to do it my way. But then I got into the habit of writing but already knowing my rhymes. So it got a little bit better. And I can think you can see the shift around. Like I think we talked about like from good music to getting more in the pocket and on beat. So I didn't even know how to dance like outside of like the running man when... Yeah, I, I knew I did know how to dance. I knew how to dance, but I didn't know how to like be in sync with with the woman talking about masculine, feminine. I think there's a, a bit of that with rhythm and and words. There's this, I don't know which one's masculine or feminine, but there's a syncing of two energies. They're not always, like if you listen to certain poets try to rap on beat, they're better poets than they are rappers. Just because you can rhyme words and be rhythmic doesn't mean you can rap to a beat. I'm not going to name names, but you can go out there and search them for yourself. People who are great at spoken word or slam poetry don't always make the best rap songs. People who are, make the best rap songs don't always make the best poets. So it's different. It's different rhythms. So syncing them was something I had still learned. So like dancing the running man is different than dancing with the partner. It's different than swing, swingers. I keep bringing it up. Different than swing dancing. And back to Saladin. Saladin, I remember us going to a party in Pasadena. And I was like, when we get there, what am I going to do? And I don't think, I think we got chased or shot at before we even got to the party, but I practiced all night. Like, this is when you have real homies. Like, this is like the bonding moments. And I'm trying to get my sons into positions where they'll have homies like I did. Or he's like, you got to get this pillow and like hold it to your way. Like, I'm holding the pillow like in my abdomen, crotch area. He's like coaching me on how to two step. You know what I mean? Like, okay. And then, and then me being as goofy and corny as I was and also like, I guess, raised right or not just like, I like, so I so then you just come up behind a girl and start doing this. And he's like, yeah, or just grab her arm. And I, huh? Like, you don't ask like, may I have this dance? Like I was like still from the sock hops in, in Covina at the junior high or in the cafeteria in Linwood where it's like there we were still like two people doing the RoboCop and Roger Rabbit in front of each other and then you did a little bit of the freak dance if Push It came on by Salt and Pepper but it wasn't all grinding your genitals on each other you had to dance and I had that part down but the actual like there's an intimacy to 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 the finding the pocket and when you're slow grinding there's a pocket to all that slow dancing like you didn't do that till a later age and and you definitely didn't do the grinding part like you still kind of it's weird yeah, man. So I going into all that, I started slowly learning how to rap on beat, combining the memorization with the writing. Miss Badu post that. I stay, I'm gonna write all of Captain California. I think my worst performing album, my most under like, yeah, everything about that album. Not that I I don't like it and we get to review it. I, I would I I'm looking forward to getting back to looking at that album. Um, but there was a lot of conscious decisions I made on that record, uh, writing was one of them. I still experiment on how to break out to find my core fan base, to expand my core fan base without compromising my integrity. Every album for me is a chance to do that because I don't feel like I've reached my full potential back to the growth thing. You know, doing that without alienating my fan base if possible, but if I alienate some people in the journey to step further into my authentic self, I'm okay with that. 
And that was Captain California, but also was writing every song down because I thought there was magic in it. And there isn't any fucking magic in it for me. That's where we're at with that. That's the dance. Right. Got the homie over duck though, looking in the cut, so what you yeah. got to yeah. say? Like you wanna trace along a pattern of fair, please rest. I wanna pattern how the drums game mechanism, IG jokes, breath, commands, fresh, test to match. Metal on the chest, play test. Better when I smile right, on a found I die right. With a highlight, prime of fright, and a prime of life. With a double axe, razor blade fade like 88. It's a revenge of the wits and laser face, so great. Two, three. God, the analog, monkey mouth, me, rock hard as shit. The radio fly kid, fly with a boombox pack clips. I love that I have a song of LP. I wish it was a song that I listened to more. I w- was able to listen to. I don't want to talk anymore about that song, but I found, I think, 30 minutes in there to talk creatively about it, abstractly. But at the core, a failed Run the Jewels audition. Horrible. I'm thankful for Michael Render and Jamie Moline, which I just realized last night I was playing my 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 new baby, my eight-month-old we got him to stop singing. I got to stop singing, crying. You know, you do the craziest shit to get a baby to start crying. And I started going, ooh, la, la, ah, wee, wee, because he didn't like to lay on his back to have his diaper changed. If you lay him on his back, he was screaming. Hey. Ooh, la, la, ah, wee, wee. Ooh, la, la, ah, wee, wee. Ooh, la, la, ah, wee, wee. Ooh, la, la, So I just started. We did the booty by Tracker Quest, the booty. If you got the booty, you shaking it, the booty. It didn't, he liked that one. And that got tired for me, so I started doing uh, Ooh La La Ah Wee Wee by Run the Jewels, originally by Greg Nice. And then all my other sons liked it, so that became a house. So I was playing that on the TV last night. And I was like, man, I, ha- I haven't really gotten to Run the Jewels. Only the Run the Jewels song I know is that one for various reasons. But I saw them live, and I liked everything they performed. So I got to really get into Run the Jewels. I think I'm just going to order all the records once, once I get some money after Christmas season from Get On Down. Man, does anybody get those emails from Get On Down? And what's the other one? Cause they don't fuck with my music at all. I feel like I'm in the Fat Beats era again. Like, I'm looking at everybody's shit get repressed. And I'm like, why don't they ask me to repress my shit? What the fuck, man? I guess I've never been cool. But, uh, yeah, like the Zarface represses, like, oh, that shit will come through. And I'm like, oh, Zarface is another group that anytime I hear a song, I'm like, who's this? And the Zarface, I love it. I put a couple songs on a playlist last night for the kids. I really... Um, shout out to S.O. I just seen him. I was on a panel with him at Comic-Con. I really got to just go back and I've bought a couple of Zarface records because I just love the mark. It, it's for me. It's comic book nerds that love rap and sneakers and shit. He sent me a pair of the Saucony shoes. Dope as fuck. The rebel of villain, the rebel of Zaw. People saying Zaw like ASMR, the cold crush on my beat. we rock the cast bar. Yes, back at him. Savage like Black Adam. Yeah. That was uh, another sidebar. But uh, yeah, but I got to get in and more run the jewels and Zarface. And, uh, but watch out for those emails, man. They're predatory, bro. I done bought so many Wu-Tang, Tribe Called Quest, Cypress Hill. Like, how can you say no to that shit? I'm also like a doomsday prepper and where some people buy like canned goods and like what are those fucking military rations called and dig holes in the backyard. I'm the idiot buying shit tons of records so that 
when we have to go into a bunker, my kids can still listen to the dope shit. Oh man. So they 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 it's predatory, man. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Off with those emails. I, but I'm not a fucking uh bold enough. I'm not brave enough to unsubscribe. Uh yeah. The next song is God's work. I stumbled out of bed, hung over, none sober Like the Joes rushed my body and I was the sole cobra Still a soldier, grabbed a soda, helped my stomach settle down Then fell into the shower, asked to let the funk drown Put degree under my arms, turned off the alarm You only said it to regret it A million things to do, but work is where I'm headed The dreaded grindstone on the edge of my bed I sit and let my mind zone on how fun last night was Started with the light buzz, then slowly progressed into a full-blown fade. I was trying to get laid, but got no action. It was back to the grip for personal satisfaction. Triple X DVDs. I got a whole stacking. Was snapped out of my daydream by something that I seen. I left the tissue full of spunk on the floor by my jeans. It seems I have 15 minutes to make the 20-minute ride it takes to get to work. So I fly out the door while I'm putting on my shirt. Start the car and then I'm off to get in trouble with my boss. He runs his mouth like a bitch. I'm Sometimes I wish he laid me off so that I could lay him out with one little punch right to his fat ass mouth. But now I'm ass out cause these fools on the freeway be driving like they ain't got nowhere to go. You know those fucks in the fast lane moving hella slow got me yelling at my windshield. Now it's like 10 kill. I want to call in. Man, I think it every day, but I'm not balling. Told you I got a job at a record store, so to do research for my record store. In that time, for the first time, I learned what it's like to commute to work, coming from the south side of Tucson to, I don't know, whatever part of Tucson, the Tucson Mall. I think that's north, south, like southern, northern Tucson. But driving through down, like you take the 10 and you got to go across. It was a 20-minute commute for me. So I was late sometimes because me and Herm would be up talking hip-hop. I don't give a fuck about this job, really. But I got it. You know, it's what I'm doing. I like to stay busy and I like being in the mix and whatever. So I'm there researching for when I get this record store, helping me pay rent, I guess. And uh, yeah, I don't like my boss. So I make this song and it resonated with so many people. Sometimes putting yourself in these positions um, allows you to make music that resonates with people. I don't make... I don't know if I make music for people to aspire to. I think that's what, like, some of this billionaire rap, if you can put a positive twist on it, is that it's aspirational for people. I, I do make struggle rapper music. I don't know why that is. A uh, funny thing is because no one's immune to struggling. It's no one's going to make it through this existence without some struggle. You can make this make it through this existence and then have a happy existence without having a billion dollars, though. But for some reason, people relate more, the mass populace, and when it comes to rap, relate more to the escapism of wanting to be a millionaire than they do. You know, God's work to me should have been a platinum song. Well, it wasn't short enough. Um, I think the hook was decent enough. The beat was maybe too slow. But I feel like that. And that's why I started when people, this is the time I started doing interviews and people are asking what kind of music you make. I'm like, I make sitcom rap, like relatable. Sitcoms are related because they're situation comedies. I make comical references to situations that we've all been through. Or country music, because working at Z, I did come in contact with more country music. I love country music's approach. I don't say I love country music because I don't hate it, but I just don't know enough about it to say I love it. I respect it, though, because they're, they're real situations. Like, man, I was on when I go to Arkansas or Oklahoma to do these uh, Groundways programs I do, which is an open mic and mentorship program I do, 
I just would get rental cars and I would turn on the local radio to the country or the Christian station. And it's just amazing. I heard one song about, I wrote it down. I think I have it. I'll probably reference it next week. But this kid was talking about, it was a, a fucking song about being a stepdad and then how finally at the end of the song, the kid draws a picture of him, of the stepdad as the kid goes to school and draws a picture of the stepdad as part of the family and puts dad over. And I was like over his head and I'm like, oh my God, this is beautiful, you know. It hit me like a train the first time it called me dad. In a three-stick figure crayon picture with all of us holding hands. His mama said, I understand if it's too Why aren't there more rap songs like this? We're not, we go through stepdad, stepmom, step, step parent arrangements, baby daddy, baby mom. Like, we all know that, but it's never broadcast in a positive light. And that's the kind of music I make. I'm making shit about, like, how is this one of the few songs about going to your nine to five? And the people love it. And I wish I could perform more, but it's so slow. I was like, you don't want to hear something 75 BPMs or whatever live. Yeah, you just don't. Um, but once again, mentioning jacking off and uh, yeah, addiction. And oh, that's what we got. Start going off on a tangent. I didn't finish it. Let's finish that tangent. Like the writing, the rhymes, do what works for you because that shit didn't work for me. Marvin Gaye allegedly says that, and I heard all kind of fucking new age fuckers say shit about wasting your seed and you're not going to be able to create because that's where Chris, shut the fuck up. Semen is of an extraordinary level of potency. It is one of the most potent things if you know how to use it. Can it be transformed into a different level of function? Absolutely. This can be scientifically established. Let me tell you, I also, one of these albums, I don't know which one it was, I didn't masturbate for a whole fucking year. I've done, done albums before where I didn't masturbate or have sex during that. None of that shit made a fucking difference. One of our friends just said the Quran says that a man should, and a, and a woman should be able to um, please each other nightly. That's their opinion. Some fucking Ayurvedic monk Yoga fuck will tell you that you don't need... I haven't had a cold since I haven't... I, you should learn how to ejaculate internally and whatever. Fuck. Whatever works for you, bro. It doesn't work for me. I tried a lot of shit. But what I'm saying is I'll try it before I knock it. And then I will knock the fuck out of it. I will knock it out of the park. Do what works for you, man. But yeah, pornography was a huge addiction. Unfortunately, I was introduced at a very young age. That's something I could... If you say your life is better with porn, that's fine. My life would have been better without it. Lots of, lots of, lots of references to porn, though. And I was still getting them for free from Steve Vanasco. So I referenced that and always the tissue. Yeah, I just always tell people, like, if you have a, a boy living with you between the ages of what, maybe now even old, 12, 13, maybe younger, to 20, like, don't shake their hand. Pounds all around. Pre-COVID pounds. It's a lot of meat beating going on, especially when porn is so accessible. It's gotten crazy. But usually when things start to get out of control, they explode and die out. So hopefully this will die out soon. I don't see it as healthy, but if you see it as healthy, once again, I'm not going to... I'm knocking it because I tried it. I've been there, so I'm knocking it. You try it. I definitely don't want to raise children that are that have never seen porn or experienced it 
because if you you know that's to me that's when you that's the one what blindsided comes from. If you're not aware of something, you can be blindsided. Once you've seen it and assessed it, you know as a potential threat, even I think that's when you can approach things with caution and deal with them in a right state of mind. The second verse is uh, man, just about touring, forty five days straight on the road. Ha ha! Till I met Tech Nine. And then we were going out for a lot more days than that straight. Let me tell you. Yeah, I believe that this was the Creative Differences Tour. This tour really changed my life. It means that we should go back and do a podcast on the Creative Differences album, which, you know, it's commercial, commercial time. time. Living Legends, The Return, the album is out now. Go see it or go listen to it. Go see the tour. As I've said every week, but now The Return is out. Please go stream. Please go listen to my brother's new album. They are on tour. And yeah, that's that's the commercial. I think we'll do, we're going to take a commercial uh, a holiday break and maybe I'll do a review of the album during that time. But uh, Father's Day featured, featuring Atmosphere seems to be the hottest song um, on their charts. So if you stream anything, stream that. It seems like a, always an atmosphere living legend song will do well. So uh, produced by Ant, Father's Day is one of my favorite songs. So not my favorite song, but one of one of my favorites on the album. So go stream Father's Day. Go stream The Return. Go see the Grouch, How the Grouch Stole Christmas if it comes to your town. No, I won't be there, but um, nonetheless, it'll be an amazing show. I've seen the footage, packed rooms, um, lots of dope rappers on stage. Brother Ali, Reverie, DJ Fresh. They put together pure powers. They put together quite, quite, quite the tour. Make sure you go out and support. Now back to the podcast. Yes, the second verse is about touring with everyone, man. And uh, if you ever, if you like those shows, Deadliest Catch and all that shit, that's what it is. This is the Creative Differences tour. I believe we're on with uh, Idea and Abilities. We rock their world quite a bit. We are from a different uh, type of touring than Rhyme Sayers. And we can do a pay dues podcast where I get more into that. We're a different touring than Def Jux. We are not the indie rap stereotypical crew. But also, what I'm coming to understand, and maybe we've talked about it on the podcast, once again, forgive me, but if you took America and set it on top of Europe, like California would be Britain and New York would be somewhere around wherever, Minneapolis, rightfully so, let's just say it would be Scandinavia. There's a lot of difference between a British person and a Scandinavian person. So cultural differences, creative differences to where I think we shocked and rocked idea and abilities world. There is an idea auction going on at ebay just search idea auction hopefully it comes up uh, maybe next week i'll have the exact url but auntie kathy mikey's mom idea's mom is auctioning off some very personal items of his but also this was a tour where we get to minneapolis and she gets on the bus and she just starts handing out like literal i think beanies like warm weather um accessories and condoms oh man she's the best love miss kathy so much yeah, but me and at this time, me and uh, idea and abilities, uh, rhyme sayers, and 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 my and Def Jux have hooked up things where I think we're going to. I think this is what I'm rapping about on uh, uh, God's work. 
and then we'll get into later because we're talking about I had my first live-in girlfriend and I went on tour for the first time with the live-in girlfriend and yeah, I was tempted, I fell victim and I was like, oh, but I only kissed her and you know, still bad. But uh, yeah, I flew home and I, I told on myself that didn't help, confessed, which for years, friends of mine would make fun of me like that was the corniest thing a rapper has ever done to a lot of my rappers. Like what? You left tour to go home to tell your girlfriend that you kissed another girl? That's not even really cheating. Like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I have guys that have partners that are cool with them getting head, partners that are cool with them having sex. As long as it's nothing serious, there's no love. This, I Just personally, I felt guilty. I felt bad. So I flew, left the tour, flew home, I think, for Valentine's Day or something, and Inform the girls dating at the time, living with that I had done that. Then I went back on tour and I did it again. But when I did it again, I just left the tour completely. But there was all, all that tour was a fucking mess, man. The tour was a fucking mess. One of the worst tours I have been on until the worst tour I went on. And I haven't even spoke on the one night stands. Yeah, it might sound fly to the average guy. But when you got a girl at home, you gotta let it pass you by. So I try to play the sidelines, watch what they pull. But on a bus full of women, hard to stay faithful. So I cheat, not because I hate my girl, because I miss her. Even though she won't believe me when I say I only kissed her. Been home a couple days and she still won't speak. Still, I gotta hit the road again. Beginning of the week, I work. But I saw something on that tour that really also changed my life. It wasn't just about my girlfriend. I was just seeing how I was still drinking heavily. I I hadn't fully been processing and healing from my anxiety and depression. Still not running from that, but just not being able to stop long enough to deal with it. So yeah, that tour was... But like I said, we could do a whole tour podcast. But I, I saw something that was like that sobering moment. And I was like... I'm getting on a plane. I think I headed straight to the airport from the hotel lobby once I saw what I saw. And I was like, yeah, this life isn't for me, bro. I got to get my shit together. But all that said, my brother's on the road. We had fun. Eli, hypochondriac. I'm somewhere on that spectrum too. Arata, I so hungry. You know, he's my homeboy. We talked about Arata on this podcast. Didn't speak a lot of English, but definitely understood a lot of it. But his thing would just be like, out of nowhere, how to hit the... I think that means hungry in Japanese, or nomi mono, like he wants some juice or something to drink. So he'd be like, oh, Moose, I so hungry. And then every, oh, garage ice, that means, because he didn't really like, he just existed in this place where he didn't pay rent anymore. He was just here. He didn't really have a tape to sell. He didn't have money. We paid him for the shows, but like, it was just weird. So it didn't, I don't think he had a bank account. I don't know what I don't know how. Arata's existence is still a mystery to me. So that was like the thing he would do when he was hungry. Like someone needs to feed Arata. I so hungry. All right, homie, what do you want? Like we would be in line at McDonald's or wherever. And then instead of saying, can you buy me something? He said, oh, Merce, I so hungry. And I'm like, yes, whatever you want. Like it's my brother, no doubt. I don't know why he never kept his own money or I don't know how it worked, bro. But that was the thing. Arata needed food. Eli is trying not to get sick or getting sick. Aesop is always playing video games. He's like the form at the forefront of the tech nerds and and as far as like gaming anime, way before it was cool. He's the I don't know if the proper term is Japanophile or whatever. Uh Sunspot got enough weed. Yes. 
Sunspot's always smoking, never having sleeves on his shirt. Lucky has horrible gas, as we've talked about before. Picasso's creeping, you know, scoring somewhere. Grouch, as you can see, if you look at their stories on um, thing right now, like, but early on, like, this is, Pro Tools is new, and he's already trying to figure it out and record people on the bus. Scarab sipping wine. He used to be on some wine kick. Picasso uh, creeping. I think I got everybody. Uh, so I just kind of ran through all the homies and their problems and just, you know, demystifying the glory of tour and how it's kind of still just hard work. I work hard, goddamn hard, so I can wild out every weekend and buy drinks at the bar. Try being on the road for 45 days straight. Road managers a driver and myself plus eight other motherfuckers and their idiosyncratic. I brought two systems, he's a video fanatic. Sunspot got enough weed to give me contact for the month and a half. PSC got the gas and forever blowing up the spot with this rotten ass. Of course, Grouch brought a task that'll fill his time block. Trying to hook Pro Tools to his new laptop. Eli's on the last kind of hypochondriac. So with him, you never know if it's a fever or an act. Scarab's usually either reading, writing, or sleeping. And Picasso needs to use somebody's cellies on the creeping. Me, I'm simply dreaming, plotting schemes to get some money. Almost forgot about a Rotza, but you know. As we tour throughout the country, everybody starts to argue over what we watch on TV and who drank the last brew. Who's been hating on who? Maybe throw a punch or two until a virus breaks out. And how healthy can you be when you getting little sleep and all you eat is takeout? What the show must go on when you live in dust till dawn if I don't rap every I admire and am grateful for the people and musicians who came before us. I imagine Miles Davis being on tour and just having to be in France and send word back to New York or Missouri or wherever his family is. I forget to read the, the autobiography. If you have read any music autobiography, read the Miles Davis one. It's amazing. But yo, just being like, yo, tell the kids I'm good. This is a long distance call. Expensive as fuck. You know, and I'm married to a woman who probably has never been to Paris or, you know, just it's hard to understand the idea that someone's getting paid to do music in a foreign country where they don't speak English and being treated better than he's being treated in America and also not seeing your kids and being mobile. So who knows where you can get a postcard and how to get a photograph. Like you haven't seen your, like we have FaceTime. We can talk to our kids on the phone and maybe he could back then. I don't know, but I just know it was much harder to tour and where you could sleep and how you were treated as a black musician. Like, this verse is complaining, but I really I I understand I have no complaints. It's but it's still harder work than most people assume. Being able to shit in the same toilet and sleep in the same bed, you know, and like the infidelity, like I understand everybody's struggle is different. But bro, like if you have a job where you go to office every day and you can come home to your partner every day, and then when you go to work, Every city, there's a potential for you to go do something. And not only that, your coworkers that are single are acting like they're single. So the opportunity is like ever present. And trying to stay sober or trying to stay faithful is a struggle on top of keeping your body. And in, in, it's just unnatural to be traveling and up at that hour of the night. And, you know, some people have said that it, that's why so many, we have so many rappers dying. Like I played award tour for my fucking kids this morning and I'm like yo Dave is gone Fife is gone did the musician's lifestyle of a musician and road and touring lead to that those problems I don't know 
But it's just crazy to me that, you know, I'm talking about Shock last week. God bless him. Like, he's gone. I'm playing one up to the sun up for my kids. Double K is gone. Like, I'm playing music for my kids. And it's not like I'm 80 and looking back at, damn, my partners is gone. Like, they're gone now. You know, I'm so grateful that all my brothers and living legends are still here. I'm, that that's a blessing, and like I could play, I played them Father's Day. Um, from the new album, and I put the thing on the screen, and it's the old picture from one of the old Living Legends pictures. And they couldn't even, my kids couldn't even point me out in that picture because I didn't have hair. I had to point to myself, and they'd be like, huh? Oh, yeah. But I could be like, that's Uncle Grouch. And like, they know Eli, and they know my friends' voices, and but they could, they've seen them. I like, remember the time we went to their house? Well, they've seen some of them, but it's a, it's a privilege um, to still be here after. It's a grinding work. Like, yes, it's been glorified, but it's not natural. It's not easy. No matter how whack you think someone is, if they are having a successful music career, trust me, they're busting their ass. They're working just as hard, if not harder, than you are at your job. Um, and there are some fame is an unnatural thing. If you see that as a benefit, great, but it's not all roses. And that's kind of what that verse was trying to say. And I guess we'll end it there for this week. So we got through two songs today. I think we'll start chopping them down faster because there's a lot of this is going to be hard to listen to coming up. Commercial, Commercial time. time. Shout out to Logitech G. If you're trying to another, I would say a sponsor of this podcast, if you are buying any gaming headphones, equipment, or just any headphones or sound or lights for your streaming session or cameras, like keyboards, I mean, like the this is the company. Thank you for your support. That was a quick commercial, and I'm off of a, a ZOA energy drink that they're not paying me, but if The Rock wants to hook me up with a, a sponsorship, I fuck with them. Um, I don't really fuck with energy drinks, but when I do... <laughs> All right, y'all. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in LA podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316-MERS 316. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.